Yeah. I mean, whether you're in a business or you're at home with your family, like I always tell people this, man, it's you that you take everywhere. And I think that if we can just wrap our mind around, hey, I'm my most valuable asset in life. I need to work on myself daily to become my best. Whatever that means, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And it doesn't mean you're going to neglect other areas of your life, but you have to make yourself a priority. And I noticed the more I work on myself or the more my clients work on themselves, the better success they have in business. The more money they make, the better team leaders they are, the better their relationships are, their love life, their intimacy with their wife, and the better leaders they are for their children, the more fun they have with them. So if you're listening to this and you want to be successful, like become the man or woman that can achieve that success. Don't just focus on the strategy and the things you have to do to achieve that success. That's one aspect of it. But think about who do you have to become to create those outcomes? And oftentimes, that's an evolution in your thinking, your habits, your lifestyle, and really your identity. Welcome to the Home Service Expert, where each week, Tommy chats with world-class entrepreneurs and experts in various fields like marketing, sales, hiring, and leadership to find out what's really behind their success in business. Now, your host, the Home Service Millionaire, Tommy Mello. Before we get started, I wanted to share two important things with you. First, I want you to implement what you learned today. To do that, you'll have to take a lot of notes, but I also want you to fully concentrate on the interview. So I asked the team to take notes for you. Just text NOTES, N-O-T-E-S, to 888-526-1299. That's 888-526-1299, and you'll receive a link to download the notes from today's episode. Also, if you haven't got your copy of my newest book, Elevate, please go check it out. I'll share with you how I attracted and developed a winning team that helped me build a $200 million company in 22 states. Just go to elevateandwin.com forward slash podcast to get your copy. Now let's go back into the interview. All right, guys, welcome back to the Home Service Expert. Today's going to be really fun. I got Sean Crane here, uh, Sean Michael Crane. What an awesome guy. This guy's really out helping people. Been through the ringer. He's coming to Freedom event in November for a second and third in October or November. It's going to be the event, I believe. There's a lot of events out there, but this event is really encompassed of everything. Not just your home service business, but your family, your life, who you hang around, and how to live a life of abundance. And I'm really excited and proud to have Sean there. Sean's an expert in coaching sales, and he's a fitness expert. Oh, that's what we were just talking about for the last 10 minutes. So quick bio, unstoppable 365 MFR, <laughs> MFR, <laughs> a peak performance coach, founder and CEO. Started that in 2013. Sean Michael Crane is the founder and CEO of Unstoppable, an elite self-mastery program for men looking to maximize the results in all aspects of life. He is the host of the Unstoppable Mindset podcast found on YouTube and all major platforms. In addition, Sean is a keynote speaker and best-selling author. Sean, how's life? What's going on, brother? Good, man. Life is good. You know, I feel like we were just doing this not that long ago, right? This is round two. Been busy in a good way, man, just pursuing the vision. And honestly, Tommy, never more so in my life have I been tap more tapped into gratitude, just like purpose and alignment, you know? A lot of cool things have come together this year that I've, I've worked on for a long time and that I envisioned for a long time. Uh, like getting to come and speak at your event in November, hitting stages, 
putting together masterminds. I'll be in Puerto Rico next week with a bunch of guys who are flying out. We're hosting a retreat out there. So just, man, making an impact, you know, and continuing to grow and learn. And that's like what you and I were talking about right before we started this podcast is like, I get so excited to enter new chapters or, you know, to take on new challenges as you were speaking about with your health journey and the things that you're doing, because our growth is never complete. Once we summit one mountain, like there's another one looming, you know? And so I love that, man. I love the journey. Family's healthy. Kids are great. They're back in school and life is beautiful, honestly. That's great, man. And I know you're working with Bill Russell and he's been going through a lot and he's a big part of what we're working on. And this is what we were talking about, a stack in the deck and making sure a lot of people ask me, what, what was a catalyst of your business? And I'm like, man, one key hire changed my life. Another consultant changed my life. Service time changed my life. And it's interesting because most people listening are the smartest person in their company. They're the jack of all trades. They can put out fires. And they're just used to being everything to everyone at all times. And it doesn't need to be that way. And what I've realized is this is an interesting observation. And I'm curious what your thoughts are. But typically, most owners are told you pay yourself first. You make sure you're living the best life. You took the chances to get in business. But I completely disagree. The first five years of business, you reinvest everything. You live well below your means. A lot of owners I know, they're driving the Mercedes. The wife's got a brand new car. They live in a nice house. They got a second house that they're not making any rental income on. And then they say, how could I afford to hire that great person? And I say, well, you didn't reinvest the thing that was giving you all the money. And a lot of people get distracted. They say, you need to have a side hustle. I completely disagree. I've had 10 side hustles. Once I focused all my energy, the one thing, essentialism, there's great books about this, put it all in, it starts giving you back dividends. And I'm telling you, Sean, if a guy like me, born in Sterling Heights, Michigan, not a lot of money, nobody ever gave me anything. If I could do it, I, I want to be the guy to say anybody could do it because I'm not the smartest yeah. guy in the room. I think I've got a higher EQ than IQ. And I just, for some reason, great people, they find me and I find them and we get along. But most business owners, they're the everything to everyone and they get stuck there. Yeah, that's funny you said that. Well, first of all, I think EQ is probably more valuable, honestly, than IQ because you are good at building relationships and we can't do it all by ourselves. You know, for me, coming out of like prison five years ago, I had to start building things on my own, built my family, started building my coaching business. But then I got to a point where I was just plateauing and I was doing everything. And my business is much smaller, obviously, than yours. It doesn't entail as much that goes into it. But this last year, I hired an operations manager. Uh, and two additional coaches for my program, and then my full-time media guy. So literally every day, I do the things I enjoy doing, and I can do them better and more efficiently because I've eliminated so many distractions, and I've delegated those things. So revenue, impact, client acquisition, like everything has skyrocketed this year because now I'm able to travel more and speak, build relationships with guys like you, with Bill, with Lance, all these individuals who I can learn from and be around. Um, it's freed me up to host my masterminds where, you know, guys flying from all over the country and we spend a weekend somewhere. So it's really cool because it's allowed me to evolve and grow personally and professionally so much more by trusting other people and delegating. And that was something for the longest time I'd scratch my head and go like, like, how are they going to do the job that I'm doing? How are they going to do it the way I do it? And then 
I realized, well, number one, they might not do it the way that you do it. Maybe they do it differently or better or in a way that still is valuable. And number two, train them, attract the right people, be open in your communication, have a standard, and then work at it. So I'm excited, man, because I feel like I'm honestly working less, but more efficiently. I'm going at it all day long, but I'm doing the things I enjoy. So I'm in that flow state more and it feels more effortless than when you're trying to do everything and wear all the hats simultaneously. Yeah, delegation. It's interesting you brought that up because Hal Levy taught me really the best fundamentals of delegating. And I think a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs, we delegate, but we were really not delegating, we're dumping. And then when it doesn't come out the way we wanted it to, we, we tend to point the finger. And I really look, learned to look in the mirror and say, it's my fault. That when things aren't going right, take complete ownership and be accountable and say, if great employees keep leaving after the third or fourth one, you might want to say, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I'm the problem. And I think a lot of people have a tough time. They say, I took all the chances. I took all the risks. I'm everything. I I gave up weekends. I've given up relationships. And that's just not the way to look at it. And you're going to get burned. Shit's going to go wrong, but it's okay. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I'm glad I, I started out small with a few technicians and we're at, you know, 400 now. And I got to make big mistakes back then, but it didn't cost a lot because I didn't have a line of credit to spend a million dollars and blow money. And now I'm very, very careful. And we've got the private equity backing us and it's, they're so smart. We're finding money in like under around every corner and under every rock. It's like, Little things that just, they they compile to become a lot of money. You know, what are some of the stories of guys you've worked with that have turned their lives around? I mean, there's so many. I've had guys from rock bottom who were drinking every day, who were on the verge of divorce and losing it all and rebounding and getting their lives back to just guys who want success, who are like right there to achieving that success, but they were hitting roadblocks and um, helping them to like, you know, learn about social media, how to market themselves, how to develop sales skills. What I've learned is, dude, I kind of coach two different groups of people. I coach guys who just don't have the basics down. They don't have the foundation of their mindset, their discipline, their health. You know, we were talking about health a little bit ago. And those guys have trouble excelling and achieving at higher levels. You know, that's what I've found because they don't have the discipline. They don't have the confidence. They don't necessarily have that belief in themselves. So I start them with simple fitness, nutrition programs. We track everything on my app. My other coaches monitor that and hold them accountable. And man, we just had a guy who's actually in the HVAC space come into our program. And in four months, he lost 50 pounds. Like this guy looks like a completely different man. He was drinking every day, eating like shit, not working out. He got sober. He's working out daily. We taught him about nutrition, lost 50 pounds. He's like, Sean, I'm showing up as a completely different man in my business for my wife and children. Like, like, thank you guys. You know, he's just transformed before our eyes. I had another guy like that, though, that took over two years to change. But now he's over two years sober. He lost 40 pounds. And now he's hungry to earn money and learn skills to improve his financial position. And so, like, a lot of the guys I see when they develop their mindset and their habits Now they're in a position to go learn the skills that are going to make them money and help them to really elevate their lives. So he's getting into the sales game. A couple of my clients run sales teams for solar companies. So he's going out there to learn sales, door knocking, like really in the trenches. But he has the belief in himself and the confidence to be able to even go after that. 
to be able to just put himself in a completely different environment and, and try to learn the skill set of sales. I plugged him in with Andy Elliott as well, too, and his team. So a lot of my guys, like once they get to that point where they're hungry to earn money, they want to be successful, I have individuals like you or Andy or Victor or Lance, whoever, I can plug them in and be like, hey, do you have room for a guy in sales? Do you have room for a guy who's hungry to learn and wants to get into the trades? Whatever it may be. Then there's the other facet of the guys, though, that want to do what I do. They want to coach. They want to use social media to leverage their story and build their coaching program. And so I started that this year just because I had so many people reaching out to me, seeing my success, asking me what I was doing. So I created a whole new course, Unstoppable Influence. And it really just shows you how to market yourself on Instagram and Facebook, how to create a program to guide people through and get them results, and how to get paid for it. So I got guys in there who are crushing it. I mean, one guy literally unveiled this program and in one week signed up 30 clients. That just happened this past week. 30 clients in one week, you know? Other guys, they're using their social media influence now to get speaking engagements, um, build their personal brands. So those are the things I enjoy working on with those individuals because that's relevant to me now. And so I just want to push them to really get their message out there, level up, not hold back. Because I think now more than ever, people need examples and they need leaders. And like, that's what you're doing. That's what we were talking about before the podcast, Tommy. Like you're embodying a complete leader in all aspects of life. And so that's what I'm striving to do. And that's what I'm striving to teach as well. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people ask me about social media. What do you think, if you had to give somebody, whether they want to become an influencer, I know different Instagram is different than TikTok is different than YouTube, but what what are some of the basics that you coach on? I mean, I teach my guys to start off on Facebook unless they have a really big following on Instagram and specifically with a Facebook group. So it depends on your goals. Like, let's say there's an individual who wants to do mindset and fitness coaching for men. If you go on Instagram or TikTok, everyone's just scrolling very quickly looking at reels. It's very like quick views. They're not really stopping to engage that much. And unless you have a big following and you're known, beginners don't really have a lot of success on those platforms. If you can start a really good YouTube channel and you're delivering valuable content, let's say around sales or around nutrition, something people want to sit down and get educated on, and you can break it down very well, you'll have success there. But a lot of my guys, I teach them to do what I did. And that was just start a Facebook group and start adding people to that group who fit your avatar, your ideal client. And then you over deliver with value upon value upon value in your posts and your content every day. And the reason that's that's helpful to start is because now people are coming to that group to see you, to learn from you. And they build trust in you. They build a relationship in you. And if you can showcase results or tell your story and things that you've overcome that are similar to their current struggles, they start to see the value in you as somebody who could potentially help them. And then when they find out you have a program, some type of community they can be a part of separate from the group, they're more likely to want to pay and join because you've cultivated that relationship and shown them value. So that's where I start, guys. That's where I started. Just in the last year, I really started pulling clients and getting opportunities from Instagram and then branching out to other social media platforms to just get like maximum exposure. But for a lot of people, they overlook Facebook. They want to do the sexy stuff. They want to look cool on Instagram. And here's the thing. Anybody could put on a suit and rent a car and take pictures or videos or make this backdrop look perfect. It's what you're saying and the energy behind the words you're speaking, your story, like your passion. If you're a coach or somebody that really wants to make an impact, people can feel it. And, you know, I found that Facebook, the demographics of viewers and and users is different. 
I think they're a little older and they're a little more mature, so they're more likely to buy and take action versus the younger crowd that just wants to kind of consume information. And they're still going through their stage of figuring out who they are. They're not even ready to hire a coach yet. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I still think TikTok is one of the best platforms because it's still super cheap if you can figure it out. But I post the same video on TikTok and Instagram, and there's like 8,000 haters on TikTok and great comments on Instagram. And you're right, it's a completely different person watching it. And Facebook is Instagram in a lot of ways. Yeah. And you're going to get haters. If you're not getting haters, it's because you're not doing anything right. Like you want those people to talk shit. They're going to boost your post in the algorithm. And it's like the way I look at it, if we're not getting people hating on our stuff, then we're not really speaking our truth because most people, they don't want to hear the truth. They want to be coddled. They don't want to hear these messages about like excelling in your life and and seeing what's possible because they're all holding back. So they want like to watch TikTok videos of people making food, people doing stupid shit, like entertainment. And when they see someone real like you talking about maybe how to make money or how to grow your business, like, oh, that's stupid, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, good for you, man. Get those haters flooding your feed. They're going to blow it up for you. You know, I had one of my technicians call me about six weeks ago and he said, hey, man, you mind if I bend your ear for a little bit? And he's based in Denver. And I said, you bet, man. And I was, I was at a dinner and I just walked out and talked with him for a half an hour. And he said, I think I'm going to get a divorce. And I said, okay, well, how do you feel? And he goes, it's really weird, man. He goes, my kids are getting older. He goes, I started playing volleyball with my buddies. He goes, I'm still her best friend, but I feel like I'm getting my life back. And I feel like we stayed together for the family and at the age the kids are, I think it's going to be a good thing. And I'll tell you what, I don't ever want anybody to get a divorce. I'm not pro-divorce. You've made a, a vow in a marriage. But certain people, they grow apart. And if that's going to make both your lives better and you're okay with it, you know, I think you should stay together for your children. You brought them into this world. They need a close mom and dad. It's important to raise your kids correctly, but... If you cringe every time you, you your wife calls and you're like, oh, God, and they bring you down or anybody, if it's your father, I mean, if they're, if it's your kids, you got to do a better job and you got to figure that one out. But I can't imagine going into a nightmare every day. One of the things I do is I try to take when I'm hiring somebody, their significant other with them and see how much they respect each other. Because if they're having a hard time at home and they're struggling they don't respect each other. They're constantly criticizing one another. It's hard to be productive at work. What's your take on that? I know you probably saved a lot of marriages and it sounds crazy to say it's okay getting a divorce, but I think if you're in a toxic relationship, that could be, it could be okay. Yeah. And I think that's like case by case basis. You know, I agree with you. If you can tolerate each other and there's not like a lot of negative things taking place in front of the kids i think couples should try to at least be together and keep the family household together until the kids are older because coming from a broken home myself it's one of the toughest things on a kid some people go through their parents getting divorced and they're okay but for most kids growing up we just want our parents to be together and we just want to have a family you know and so when my parents split apart it broke me man it was it was horrible i had a lot of other stuff taking place in my life but uh Yeah, I think if 
there's abuse, if there's verbal, like like serious verbal abuse, physical abuse, if there's things that are very detrimental for the kids to see and it's that toxic and dysfunctional, then they should split up. They're, the kids are probably going to be better off not having the parents doing that in front of them. But if it's like, hey, you know, we're not in love as much as we used to be. I still care about you. I still want to take care of you. I think that couples should seek to to stay together somewhat until the kids are older. And some people say, oh, that's, you know, that's ridiculous. If you're not happy, you should leave. And it's your life and this and that. Well, you have children. You brought them into this world. It's your responsibility to set them up to be at an advantage. So, I mean, for me personally, if I was in that situation, I'd care more about my kids than my own feelings. Oh, yeah. You do. I think I don't have kids yet, but I know I I just hear miracle story after miracle story. The one thing I'm not going to do is have kids because I'm getting to a certain age or it's time you had kids. I'm so sick of people saying, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? I'm like, F off whenever I want. It's like, yeah, I'm glad I'm a male. (laughs) I was just going to say that you could have kids when you're 50, bro. And it'll happen when it happens. You know, honestly, it's probably in the cards for you sooner than you think. I just like in the last year, I don't know. I mean, I observed things, right. Seeing your success and then like seeing what you're doing now and kind of, we talked, before this about the little things, the health, taking care of yourself, different mindset. I feel like you're inching in that direction, honestly, but um, it'll happen if it does. And if it does, bro, it's going to be one of the greatest experiences of your life because it allows you to feel on a deeper level, like the love and compassion you can experience. It's greater than anything I've ever known at least. And um, dude, all I ever wanted was a family. When I was in prison, the thing I thought about the most was will I be able to find the right woman who I could have children with and have a family? That's all I wanted. I'd literally pray for it every night. But your girl stuck with you before, right? Well, we were together briefly before, but we weren't really that serious. I was so wild and reckless. I was like a party guy. You know, we hung out and it wasn't something serious, but we spent enough time together where we had that chemistry and connection that when I came home, it was perfect timing because we were both older. We were both more mature. And literally within like four months of us being back together, she was pregnant or we got married. We had Scarlett. Then we had Preston right away. And um, now, you know, they're three and four. I can't even believe it. They're both going to school now, pre-K this week. And it just went by so quick. So it's really cool to raise children that close together and see them grow and develop and mirror their mom, mirror their dad's behavior. For me, it makes me so aware and cognizant of the fact that they're going to emulate everything I do the way I speak, the things I like, the things that I don't do. And I love it because I don't drink. I live a healthy lifestyle. Uh, We have a lot of fun. We do stuff every day, every weekend together. And we're always, we're always doing it together. Despite, you know, I travel often now and I'm doing my thing, but whenever I come home, I put everything aside and we're just, we're together. So they're my world, man. I'm immensely like beyond grateful to have my family. Let me pivot a little bit because I have a really interesting question for you. you. You've been speaking on a lot of big stages with guys like Ed Milad, Jesse Itzler, Tim Story. You know, it's remarkable. How did you manage to, to land these opportunities? I know you're very tenacious and you've been working with me. Just when can I, you know, you just smile and dial. You're calling me yeah, for a while there. You were texting me. I felt like daily. Like, just give me a shot. And you're obviously well 
deserving of an opportunity. But what's the secret sauce to, to be able to do that and network to get these stages you've been doing? Yeah, I, I know. I mean, I hit you with a lot of messages, right? I followed up with you a lot. I know you're a busy guy and I don't take like you not responding as you don't want to talk to me or like I don't just stop at our initial conversation. I have my vision, Tommy, and, and like my goals right like here. Like I know what I want. I know the vision that God's blessed me and the things that I want to do while I'm here alive on this planet. And I'm just, I'm literally all in. Like I'm not going to stop and take no for an answer. And so Obviously, I have the story. I've written a book. I've had success in my coaching. So I have results that show, okay, Sean knows at least a little something of what he's doing. And then I've just sought out relationships. At first, it was happening coincidentally, or I wasn't like just messaging random people. Like I got the opportunity to speak on Bradley's podcast, talk with him a little bit, build a relationship. And then that day, I met Gary Brecka and I met Ken Jocelyn. So Ken Jocelyn and I just stayed in touch through social media and he would see my content, what I was doing. And then he had the create event in January with um, Ed Milet and John Maxwell and all these big shots. And I planted the seed through DMs here and there. Ken, put me on stage. I saw you at an event. I'm hungry. I'm motivated, man. Like I'm going to share my story and impact your, your audience members' lives. Like I would just plant those seeds and then kind of like follow up and be like, no, I'm serious, man. When you have a shot, like keep me in mind. And I would just do that with people and let them know what was on my heart. You know, there's an old saying, like a close mouth doesn't get fed. I'm not scared to put put it out there what I want to do and achieve, even if it's premature, you know. And then um, we crossed paths just because we had a mutual acquaintance. Josh Taylor was a client of mine at the time. We were at that mastermind that I hosted in Atlanta when I was speaking for Ken. And he's like, dude, I want to connect you with Tommy. Like, you got to connect with Tommy. He's doing big things. He's probably hosting events next year. You got to be on one of his stages. So that's just kind of how it happened is like organically building relationships and continuing to show up and work on myself. And one thing I've done good since coming home is just documenting the journey. So people see when I came home and really just broke, no results, just have a story of me coming out of prison to starting to rebuild my life. And I think people want to give me a shot or they see something in me that can add value to their audience because of what I've been able to achieve since then. So I'm always on social media, man, documenting everything, all my trips, all my masterminds, all my coaching client testimonials, and then really working those relationships. It's interesting because unfortunately, God didn't give me the gift to retain names like a lot of my good friends like Joe Polish. He remembers every name. He goes and grabs a book off of his shelf and he's got probably more books than I do, which is pretty incredible. And he'll go to the page that he remembers and he'll say the people he knows. And he is the biggest connector of anybody I've ever met. I mean, he hangs out with Richard Branson. He's connected. I was at my house. I got this new thing for, uh, it's called the stealth and it's for working out your core. And he's like, Oh, I know the founder. He's like, let's let's FaceTime him right now. And then he's wow. like, oh, I know the founder of that. And he's like, oh, Neighborly, I know the girl that started Dwyer Group. And that's people, and I've been studying how he does it, and he's always adding value. He goes, the, the minute you meet somebody, figure out a way to add value to their life. Figure out a connection for them. Figure out a way to do something above and beyond. And it's not just a gift, even though I'm part of Giftology, where I, I try to stay top of mind. And if you read the book, I don't know if you read this book, but I highly recommend it. It's I got it. I, I haven't read it. Have you read oh, Blue Fishing? No, I thought you were going to say Giftology by... Uh, read Giftology that? and Blue Fishing. 
make those two books in order or like whatever order you read them and read them both. And it's important to stay close to relationships and doing follow-up, but at a certain point, it becomes too much where you're going to need help. That's why I'm going to get another personal assistant to just stay connected and just, you look at my schedule and you say, this is not human. I mean, (laughs) if you even looked at it today, you say, I started at six and I don't end all the way through dinner tonight. And this is like my schedule every day, but it's so much fun. And all the schedule is, is call your mom, do a 20 minute walk. Like I've got every single thing on my schedule. Like everything that I'm going to do makes it onto the schedule. Call this guy, remind you of this, make sure you send this email. And I've got a whole team that handles it. And I'm just building out my team. My whole mentality, Sean, it's literally, what's the next person I'm going to get to make my life a little bit easier. And it's every day I'm thinking, how can I build a role around this? And it starts to become exponential to where it's like, you wonder how some of these guys get it done in a day. It's because they're always building their team. They're stacking the deck. And right now you said you've got a few people. That's going to become 10. And then it's going to become 100. You, you know, for what you do, they're buying you in a lot of ways. So, so you got to stay focused on that and be the platform up top. What do you do to really create these relationships long lasting and make sure they're getting the attention they need? Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to the previous question. Like, how are you getting speaking engagements and stuff? And like, I really, I really care, Tommy. Like, I care about people. I want to see people win. I think they feel that when they speak to me and get to know me a little bit. And I, I believe it's my intentions. Like, my intentions are pure. I want to hit stages to literally change lives. Like, I want everyone to feel the way I felt getting a second chance at life. I, I truly do. Uh, I would speak, you know, on every stage I could every weekend to share my message. So I believe it's my intentions and my motives that people feel. But then knowing that I can't be everything to everyone all the time, that was my shift in my perspective this year and why I hired two additional coaches because I know people, like for instance, let's say I have 100 guys in in one of my programs. I can't touch base with all of them constantly. I just can't grow if I try to do that. And I did that in the past. So when I hired the the new coaches, I let them know like, hey, I'm still going to run the weekly calls. I'll still be active in this group. But I need you guys to do most of the touch points and really make these people feel like like they're important because that's what individuals want to feel. They want to feel like they matter and we really care about them. And when we showcase that and they feel it, they'll become clients for life. You know, um, they achieve one goal and they want help with another. They want help with another. They want to be a part of the community. And it's bigger than just me or just them. It's this brotherhood, it's this community that we've built. So that's what I've been working on this year and what I've been able to cultivate and the guys that I've hired, they're great fits, you know, the other coaches. And then that frees me up to work maybe one-on-one with a smaller group of guys or on the guys in my Unstoppable Influence program who need more attention because we're building out a business. We're building out their online presence. So the way I've structured it right now is working. I know probably in the next year or two, I'll have to pivot again, make changes and adjust that. But another thing is I also realized this past, you know, couple months that this isn't the only thing I'm going to do forever. You know, you said earlier, like, Hey, if you focus on too many side hustles, you get distracted. And I agree. I think you want to have that primary source of revenue and results and that thing that you do. And once it gets to a certain level, then you can kind of branch off a little. So I've started to branch off a little with speaking, but I'm going to look more into generating passive income and, and real estate and stuff like that in the next 
five years or so. Um, when I was 35, I turned 35 this year and I was in the gym and I hurt my back doing legs and I was sitting there. I was just like, damn, this sucks. Our whole day is canceled to the plans we had, you know, all my revenue, all my profits, all, all the way I take care of my family. It's all tied to my brand and me and fitness is a big component of that. Right? So what if I got hurt and I couldn't go to the gym and show people what I'm doing? What if I couldn't be out running, sharing my content or like something happened to me? I would never want to be in a position where my family was in jeopardy or our livelihood was in jeopardy because now suddenly my brand's not performing because I'm not performing. So there was just a shift in my mindset. And since then, I've been actively generating additional revenue streams, passive income on land deals, real estate, even things like ATMs, right? Things that will generate money while I'm just sitting here talking to you. So the goal is by the time you know, much sooner than 40, but five years, my lifestyle, my family were all taken care of by those revenue streams and anything additional with my brand and the stuff that I'm striving to do. It's just like icing on the cake, right? So that happened this past couple months. And it kind of just, again, another growth opportunity for me that I'm excited to pursue. You know, my buddy, it's cool being a guy because you don't talk to somebody for five years and you just doesn't matter. You catch back up where you left off. And he was texting me and, and we were talking about our financial position. And he's like, well, I got four years till I'm 40. So look out because I'm going to pass you. And I'm like, well, I'll be 44. But, you know, my dad always used to say the same thing because I, I was a really late bloomer with puberty. Like I didn't have hair on my armpit till like I've graduated high school, like two years after. And I had a couple of buddies that had, you know, puberty in sixth grade. So I like that mindset. I love competitive people. The reason I bring that up is I surround myself with people that are just, they want to win. I'm in text message group with a lot of guys and Ishmael Valdez started working out and Travis Ringy works out. And those are another thing. Yes, Andy Elliott, my cousins. Uh, there was like a plethora of things that motivated me. And it was a combination of a lot of things, but I just like to win and I don't care if I win because if I lose the bets I've made on who has the best body and by Halloween, I don't care because I know I'm, I bettered myself, but I really like to win and I'm going to continue to just do things that trigger me to be my best. Before we continue the interview, I wanted to let you know about something crazy we're putting together for the freedom event. We're calling it the freedom $81,000 giveaway. And this is real. During the event, you'll have an opportunity to enter an amazing promotional drawing and win one of the following five amazing prizes. Prize one, we're going to do a full rebranding package with Dan Antonelli's agency kick charge over a $20,000 value. Price two, we're gonna give away Al Levy's operational manual systems. That's over $9,000 that you would pay. Price three, we're gonna do a one-day sales trading with the famous Joe Crisara. That's $12,000 of value. Price four is a two-hour consulting call with my right-hand guy, one of the smartest people I know, Jim Leslie. That's over 10 grand. And prize five, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to fly out and spend a half day in your office, meeting you, looking at your operations and showing you the path to elevate your business. That's a $30,000 value. So listen, this is going to be the event of the year, the Freedom Event. And if you're still planning to go to the Freedom Event, but haven't got your tickets yet, you can go to tommymello.com forward slash freedom and get your ticket. Now let's get back to the interview. And when you put it yourself out there and you say what you're going to do to everybody, it's another form of accountability. And um, I don't know if what through your program, Bill's doing his uh, 
I don't know if it's 30 days of, of saying what he's grateful for. Is that something through your program? I'm doing something similar. His, he just did on his own. I challenged some of my guys to do a live video every day for a year straight because one of my clients wanted to improve his speaking skills and he has a goal to hit stages one day, but he doesn't do good when he gets in front of people right now. Like he's articulate, but when there's a crowd, he freezes up. So I said, hey, one of the ways you can improve your speaking skills is just do a live video every day. Talk about what's going on in your life. Share a story. Start getting good at speaking and putting words together. That's literally what I did for the first two years. I would just do live videos every day. So then a bunch of my guys started doing it. Bill's doing something separate. I think that just has to do with what he's experienced in his life and wanting to express himself. But here's a fun fact for you, man, because you're talking about getting healthy. And did you know in America, the odds of you being a millionaire, your net worth at least, are greater than you having a six-pack? That one in every 25,000 American men actually have abs that you can see. So, you know, I, I Wait, what is that? a lot. That, what was it? One, one in every 25,000 American men have abs that you can actually see. So that's like uh-huh. a small city. That's like a, I don't know what, what you live in Scottsdale area or you live in Arizona. I'm sure there's little towns right there that have less than 25,000 people. Right. So you can literally take all the men out of the town and none of them would have abs. Like in my eyes, that's pathetic and inexcusable. Now you don't need to have abs to show, Hey, I have abs. Look at me. It's not a superficial thing, but when you have abs, you have discipline, you have, you know, impulse control. You care about the food you're putting in your body. You work out like those are all attributes that carry over into other areas of life that allow us to be successful. And so I was putting content on social media recently I was like, hey, you might have millions of dollars or a successful business and nice stuff, but if you don't have abs, you're not successful. You're just not. If you don't take care of your health and you eat like shit and you trash your body, in my eyes, my definition of success, you're not successful. And I think it's true, man, because we want to be the best in all areas of life, not just one or two, right? And so that's what I love about you. You're like, you know what? I want to be the best in everything I do. I've had massive success over here. But that's not enough because I know I'm capable of more. And what that tells me is your self-worth, like your perception of yourself. You're like, dude, I deserve to have it all. I can, and I'm going to. And I I fucking love that. We need more men like you showing it, speaking about it. Because too many people suffer, man. They neglect their health, and then they feel like crap, and they die early, or they can't even run down the street and play with their kids and their, their dog. Or like, you know, it just sets them back in life. So... I'm proud of you, excited for you, and I know you're going to inspire a lot of people. Well, another thing is I believe in Jesus, and I know that's a tough subject, and I don't like to use a podium of home service to talk about that all the time, but uh, I think there's going to be more for me in this world than just teaching people KPIs and uh, how to hire and recruit the right way and, and everything I do, because I think that's a big piece of it, too. Uh, there's a book I want you to read. I give you a lot of books. I'm going to give you. You got to check out this book for exactly what you're doing. It's called The Automatic Customer. Okay. And um, John Warlow. And he wrote a book called Built to Sell. But The Automatic Customer, you're just, you're going to start listening to it and you're going to get ingrained in this book. And it's on Audible. And, uh, you know, I gave my buddy a book that he needed to read. I told him to read a book that changed his life. It's called um, They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. And he's calling me like every week, like that book 
changed my business, my whole outlook at life and what, what he was working on. And there's always a couple key books for people. And I think automatic customer is really going to help you, even though you're already killing it. But it's, it's true. I, I want to excel at everything I do. And I want to be the best at everything. I don't want to really work on my weaknesses. Now, of course, health. But I, I got an order of operations. Health, time, money. And money bumps into the front of that when your kids aren't eating a good dinner and you're living in an apartment barely making rent. Because I understand that. Because I get it. But for me today, it's health because without health, quality time doesn't exist. Without time, I could give you $20 million, but would you take the $20 million if I said you're, you're going to pass away on December 31st? No way. No, nobody would. So it's prioritizing things, and it's all about setting up systems. And most people, they either don't have a system, they have the wrong system, or they're not following their system. And they're not accountable to themselves when they make themselves a deal. And they say, Tommy, you look yourself in the mirror, and it's like, you're going to eat right, and you're going to get in shape. And then the dessert menu comes, and you say, I'm just going to have this one piece of cheesecake. One of the things that I heard Andy Elliott say, and I've been really talking a lot about it, is... How can anybody trust you if you don't even trust yourself? If you can't even keep a promise to yourself, exactly. it's 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 pretty deep. Well, it's true. I mean, if you don't have the ability to control yourself and you know do what you say you're going to do, are you really dependable in other areas of your life? If you're an employee or a business partner, like no. And you know, he talks a lot about like, hey, I don't have. If you don't have a six pack, you can't work with me. And he's getting a lot of scrutiny for that. I actually saw. Well, what he says. Uh, real quick, what he said, and I heard this, he said, of course, I know some of you are thinking you'd go to HR and you sue the shit out of me. I'm not talking to you. You're not worth my time. The people that are litigious and just, there's no way I'd work for you. This message isn't for you. You could leave right yeah. now. This yeah. is not that's important to. It's important to differentiate because, you know, you want to speak to that certain type of person who gets it. Like If he says that to me, I'm like, dude, I fully understand. Like, you know, but I messaged him today and I was laughing with him about that. I said, dude, I think they wrote an article about him, right? And I was like, good for you because you're speaking your truth and you have standards. Everyone wants to con- like appease mediocrity. And, and like if someone's struggling or someone's fat out of shape or drinking too much, we'll do anything to like, you know, listen to them, help them, give them aid. But then when someone makes it to a higher level and they want to keep excelling, they want to bring people up with them, too many people uh, will shoot that down or frown upon it. So I get it, man. I get the message. It's about holding yourself to the highest standard because now you're fully dependable to the people around you. And that's what a true leader and example is. And if more men raise their standards to that level of commitment for themselves, our our whole society would be a lot different. So you made a comment earlier. You're like, you know, you, you referenced Jesus, right? And basically what you're saying is like, you feel like you're being called for more. Maybe not just in business, but a real leader as a man and exceptional individual in this world. I love that. I absolutely love that because right now, more than ever, men need that. Like, like there's not enough people who are speaking the way you speak, doing the things that you do, that Andy does, that I'm doing. So that's the way I see it too. Like making the money, having success in business. I mean, obviously coaching directly, but those are all a means to a bigger end or a bigger vision that's taking place here, a bigger thing that's happening. And that's what I truly believe as well. It is. And it's a lot easier when, you know, I was talking, I had Al Levy over for dinner the other night and he goes, 
Tommy, you know how many people say they want to be like you that I coach and that have been on my systems? And they say, I want to do what Tommy Mello does. And he goes, oh, so you're going to live in an apartment for four years? You know, he owned the complex, but he chose to live there, even though he had six other houses. You're going to drive a used truck, even though you could afford a dozen new trucks. You're going to put your company above your needs and their families first. He goes, do you think it was always this way? Do you think he didn't write checks to make payroll several different weeks just to hit payroll? And he reminded me where I came from. And it was a really great conversation. He goes, if you want what Tommy had, it's going to take serious discipline. It's going to put others above you. And I said, oh, that means a lot to me. I've not thought about that in a long time of where, of the way the story went. Everybody sees these great things and what we're doing and the houses. And I'm very fortunate. And I've got, I like to bring people with me. The reason I need to make a lot more money, I'm set. But I want to bring a lot of people with me. I love my family. I love the people I get to work with. I love the businesses we're partnering with. I don't want to do this alone. I don't want to go. I'm building a really nice house in Idaho in Sam Point. It's not for me. It's for the experience, the relationships. It's to create new memories. And that's the way I look at it. I don't need the house I'm in. I've got 18 people staying with me starting tomorrow. My dad's 70th birthday. Everybody's flying out. All of his siblings to be there. My uncles and my aunts. Uh, A lot of my cousins will be there. That to me is why I work this hard is to create my dad's best 70th birthday ever. And to make him feel, I got time with him and I'm very fortunate to have that. And I'm not going to let that go. And this is the whole reason I do it is I'd be off having a 30 hour work week, but I didn't change a thing when private equity came into my life. In fact, I started working harder and they put a lot of, uh, accountability on me. I relish the accountability. I love it. And I don't think people understand that I'm just getting started. I'm in the fetal stages. I'm I'm at the beginning of what I'm starting. And a lot of people are like, why? And I'm like, because if you could, you should. And I just believe that I want to inspire people. I want to help everybody around me. If you shake my hand, I want you to say you're better off that you got to know me. I want to be a leader. I want to lead by example. I want to be there for the people that need me the most. I'm not big into philanthropy right now because my main goal is that every single, single mother has good tires on her car and a Thanksgiving dinner and presents for their kids at Christmas. I look at my own backyard before I go on to help the world causes. Now, I know I'll be way more into philanthropy in the next five years, but first thing is looking in your own backyard saying everybody's taken care of. I think more people need to look at that before they decide to do something for, you know, we gave 10000 to some hospital. Everyone at their company doesn't have a Thanksgiving dinner. And it's just a different way of looking at things, I guess. Can you elaborate a little bit about the connection between mental clarity, physical health, and business? Yeah. I mean, clarity is everything. If you know exactly what you want, it just, you feel aligned to it. It's a lot easier to take action, right? Things like drinking too much for most people, right? Not taking care of their health, eating crappy food, it deteriorates your clarity, right? For me, when I go out early on a run or workout, there's the absence of fear, doubt. I just have so much clarity around what I want to do and achieve. And all of my ideas or like even messages I send out or content I've written and videos I've done, it comes to me in those moments where I have clarity. Like I just get that aha moment where something creative comes to me, an idea, a thought, and I just act upon it. And so for me, like building and growing my business, thoughts about hiring an operations manager. 
thoughts about acquiring a, a building here and building my team here and having them move out. Like that's something that's in the works right now. All of those things literally come to me in the midst of me exercising. And that's because when you exercise, you put yourself in a peak performance state when you do it the right way, when you get your heart rate up, when there's intensity behind your workouts, you get clarity. And when you have that, when you're in that peak performance state, it's literally the absence of doubt and fear. Doubt and fear clouds your vision because you don't think things are possible. It suppresses your truth and ideas and the things you want to go towards. So, man, when I go out and push my body to the limits and I just completely melt away that stress, there's an absence of fear and doubt because I'm in that peak performance state. There's fireworks going off in my mind, and I'm just seeing the next, 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 next level. I'm seeing like 20 years ahead all of a sudden. I'm like, damn, okay, that's where we're going. And I believe my vision is a gift from God. I believe that the things that are naturally I'm drawn to in my heart is why I'm here on this earth. I don't think we just have that stuff randomly. It's the difference between pleasure-seeking behavior or an impulse and then real alignment. Right now, if I was like craving, you know, a candy bar and like, oh, is that part of your vision? No, that's like an impulse. That's like a desire. That's different. But when it's this vision of something compelling and your heart's connected and you feel drawn to it. For me, I know, man, that's what I'm here to do. I got to go after that with everything I possess. So the working out is so beneficial for a number of reasons. Number one, you do something constructive that day. You push through something difficult. It makes you feel proud of who you are. Elevates your confidence even that much more. You forge discipline. But for me, one of the main benefits of exercise is the clarity I get. And all of my ideas focused on business, marketing, everything come in those moments. Let me ask you, this is the most important thing. Talk a lot about time management. And I see people, they come in and their whole plan for the day, whether it's EOS with big rocks, they never seem to get much done. They look at the last week and they say, man, the business is running good, but I'm a firefighter and they don't really have control of their day. They didn't build routines. They didn't build good habits. They don't have time to mentally be clear on on just reflect. I think that's a starting point. What do you say about time management? Yeah. You hear a lot of people say they don't have the time, right? And like, we make time for things that are important to us. Like we'll prioritize it. I challenge guys all the time that say they can't get up earlier. Let's say they can't work out. Like, bro, if you were getting paid $100,000 every day, you got up at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m., hit the gym, and gave yourself time to self-reflect, how many days out of the week would you miss? They always say none. So it's a mindset thing. They don't see the value in what they're doing. They don't understand how it could help them oftentimes until they go to the doctor and they're pre-diabetic, until they go to the doctor and they're like, man, you need to lose some weight. Then the motivation's there. But... For me and what I teach my guys, it's as simple as just write out what an ideal day looks like for you given all your roles and responsibilities. I call it a 10 out of 10 day. What time do you need to wake up? What does your morning need to look like? What does you know, your work schedule look like? What does that time with your family at the end of the day look like? Let's have some clarity there. Let's set some, uh, you know, let's set some intentions. And for me, the most impactful part of my day is that first hour where I just need a little time alone. Now, I don't know if this is because it's the way my brain operates, like most people, or because I was in prison for so long, but I would get up before anyone else so that I could just have a moment of peace. Because in prison, it's loud. There's a lot of things going on all the time. You're never alone. You never have privacy. So I would get up just 20, 30, maybe an hour before everyone else. I'd sip a little coffee and I'd just be in the moment. I wouldn't rush out the door. I wouldn't get on my phone. I didn't have emails. It didn't put me in a reactive state right away. 
So that pause in the morning, it just helped me to get really focused on the day and kind of let myself come alive before I had to react to other people. And for me, it's still a vital part of my day. So what I teach my guys is, hey, get up just 15 minutes before you have to engage with people. Give yourself 20 minutes. If stuff comes to mind or you have ideas, write them down. And then give yourself another 15 minutes at the end of the day to reflect and ask yourself, was today a 10 out of 10 day? How'd I show up? And run through that that day in your mind. And if there's something that stands out to you that you didn't do or you wish you would have done differently, make that mental note. And I tell them to write it down because when you write stuff down, it becomes more real. And when you write it down, you're more likely to remember it going into the next day. And so it's that daily process. I mean, I actually, I created a journal. Let me see if it's here. It's available on Amazon and it teaches people how to do this. It's the Unstoppable Self-Mastery Guide. There's a lot of free courses and stuff in there and resources, but then there's 90 days of journaling. And I show people how to get the most out of their morning and how to hold themselves accountable by running through their day and doing that self-evaluation at the end of the day. And I found if we do this consistently, and it doesn't take much time, even five minutes in the morning, five at the end of the day, if you're one of those people, you're busy, you have a lot going on, I get it. It will change your life. It will change your perspective. It will change the way you think and operate long-term. That little habit right there will change your life for the better. I guarantee it. Jeff Bezos, I was reading a book or maybe it was a Forbes article that he doesn't really start his day till 9 a.m. And his most important meetings are between 10 and 12. And he gets up around six and he's got his three-hour ritual with the exercise, the meditation, the yoga, whatever. It's different depending on the day. Everybody always asks me, what's your morning routine? And I don't have a perfect, everybody's looking for the magic like this. What is the magic pill? And I'm like, yeah. it's it's consistency. It's it's literally, it's giving all you got all the time. The best days are when I fall asleep early. But- Let me touch on that real quick, Tommy, because this is important. Like if you feel the way you want, you're getting the results that you want then the way that you get to that outcome, it could be completely different than everyone else. But as long as you have the results that you want and you're happy and you feel the way you want, do what it takes to get there. I'm not saying if you go out and get high on drugs and you feel great in that moment, everything's okay. No, like there's different ways to do it, right? If you just need 10 minutes in the morning or you don't need a morning routine, but then you get a lot done during your day, you're laser focused. Like for me, if I had three hours in the morning, that would feel like too much time. After about like an hour, an hour and a half, I start shifting into gear. Like I'll go home. I'll have about 30 minutes with my kids to get them breakfast, maybe an hour, spend time with the family. And then my mind starts shifting into like work mode. I like, I want to get on my calls. I want to get my content out. I want to touch base with my team. And that just feels like the best for me. And then I get into my workflow long enough to where I feel so accomplished. I get everything done that day. And now I can come home and I feel at ease. If I don't do my day properly, I can come home and not feel at ease. And I don't accept that. I don't want to come home and feel like there's stuff I didn't do or things still lingering on my mind that didn't get done. So my goal is to prime my mind, my energy, everything with that morning routine. The workout is the catalyst, right? Going into the day. And then at the end of the day, I want to be able to kind of just chill and be present with the wife and kids and have fun and just check out from that world just for a couple hours, you know? Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted to touch on no, that. No, great. People that say you have to do it this way, it's dumb. And I've done that in the past. Oh, you got to do it this way. You got to do it that way. And what I realized is like, as long as you're productive and you get your stuff done and you're getting results and you're happy, then do it your way. Find what works for you. Try different things. Get up a little earlier. 
tweak your morning routine and find what works for you. But I do know that if you can just have a little pause to start your day and to end your day, you can soak up more from this journey. You're going to see things and connect to things that you wouldn't if you're just constantly in a reactive state. Absolutely. I got this new thing called the aura ring. I don't have it on right now. It tells me my sleep. And it's just nice to monitor things and know where you're at and keep track. It's just like with business, I've got all these KPIs I track. Now I'm setting up health KPIs. And then I'm going to start applying different KPIs to different pieces of life. And uh, that's how I am. I'm a systems guy, so it works well for me. A few questions to close us out is uh, you're going to be at the Home Service Freedom event. And I'll just tell people, if you want to build a business that you enjoy, that's going to be worth a lot of money, you should come to this event. And if you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. But you're speaking there. What are people talking about and why should people come to this event to see you? Yeah, great question. So I've been through a life experience that a lot of people can't relate to. Being incarcerated, you know, facing life in prison at a young age. That experience taught me things that I never would have learned in this lifetime. Taught me things about, you know, the value of life, how to really make the most out of this experience. It just, it ingrained a lesson in me that's so invaluable, I have to share it with the world. And I use the prison story to open people's minds because it's like, wow, life in prison, you know, it gets them intrigued. And it allows me to share the deeper lessons there. The way I was able to take control of my mind in that cell, facing life in prison. Like, can you imagine the anxiety, the stress, worst case scenarios, just the noise? I learned how to turn that down and believe in a, a better outcome. And that's something right there that's invaluable to people because I think most people sabotage themselves because the way they think and the way they talk to themselves about their life. So my thing is helping people to recalibrate their perspective and that self-talk to work to their advantage. So I share a lot of lessons and insight that people have heard before, but it's the way it's presented and it's the story that's intertwined with the messages that my goal is to always create that paradigm shift in the audience and to get them to really think, am I soaking up this journey? Is there more could I be doing? If I were to die next week, would my legacy be fulfilled or would I have regret? You know, and so that's always the way that I want to come at the audience. I want that to get them to to really think about their life and understand like it's temporary, man. And we have to do everything we can to live it to the fullest because once it's done, like there's no do-overs. We're not going backwards. If you have people who want to crush it in business, they want to live the ultimate life. It's the same as the guy who wants to lose weight, man. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to look at ourselves and, and know like where we're coming up short and what we could be doing to improve. And the business owners and entrepreneurs more so than anyone need to double and triple down on their personal development because stress gets greater pressures, you know, mounting, there's more on their plate, there's more to do. So the things that I teach is are going to help anyone in attendance to be able to function at a higher level and manage the chaos much more efficiently. Well, I think this event, I'm not a big spokesperson about my own stuff. I, I tell people, if you want to read the books I've written, great. But I really think when people see why we're doing this, this isn't a money grab. I've always learned to ask. It's my favorite three letters, ask. So I'm asking the audience, if you get a ticket, take a picture of it. Tell people why you're coming. Share it on your social media. It means a lot to me. I just I want to get a lot of people there. I want to change a lot of lives. And I do a lot of stuff. I don't charge a lot. I don't charge anything for the podcast. The book is 20 bucks. You know, I'd give the book out for free if I didn't pay anything. You know, I don't need money right now. 
I, I just, I'm trying to share the message like you are. So I'm asking you, the audience listening, if you get a chance, come to Home Service Freedom, make time. A lot of people say they can't make time and it's it's a dirty shame because this this is going to be a life changer. And I'd love for you to just invite a few people. It mean a lot to me. Is there any books that really, I, I always ask this question, is there a book that st- stood out to you that really helped you grow? Uh, something different than the last podcast. Yeah, I've been reading a lot more stuff. I'm I'm reading some books by Jesse Itzler right now. He's unique, you know, um, something different than just like strategy and tactics, but kind of life experience. This is a great book too. I just started diving into this. $100 million offers by Alex Hormozzi. This one? Guys like, there we go, right? Great minds think alike. You know, Hormozzi is like one of those very unique people. He just, I like the way he teaches. I like the way his mind works. It's different than mine. So I feel like I can learn a lot from his insights and his experience and his results. Those are the main two right there. And then I just got this one in the mail. So first I read Jesse Itzler's uh, Living with Monks. And now this is the one where he lived with David Goggins, Living with a Seal. He just fascinates me. So right now I'm kind of interested in reading about successful people who are different than me. I've, I've read a lot of books about people who I can relate to, or maybe we have the same mindset and kind of the same approach to things. So those books right now are giving me just different angles and perspectives, really how to get to the same destination, but just different philosophy behind it. Great books. We've got both those books. I'll let you kind of close us out. Maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about something. Maybe there's something heavy on your mind, but just give the listeners uh something to uh, think about here when they're uh, going about their day and hopefully running their successful home service company. Yeah. I mean, whether you're in a business or you're at home with your family, like I always tell people this, man, it's you that you take everywhere. And I think that if we can just wrap our mind around, Hey, I'm my most valuable asset in life. I need to work on myself daily to become my best, whatever that means, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, And it doesn't mean you're going to neglect other areas of your life, but you have to make yourself a priority. And I noticed the more I work on myself or the more my clients work on themselves, the better success they have in business. The more money they make, the better team leaders they are, the better their relationships are, their love life, their intimacy with their wife, and the better leaders they are for their children, the more fun they have with them. So if you're listening to this and you want to be successful, like become the man or woman that can achieve that success. Don't just focus on the strategy and the things you have to do to achieve that success. That's one aspect of it. But think about who do you have to become to create those outcomes? And oftentimes, that's an evolution in your thinking, your habits, your lifestyle, and really your identity. And so that's the main thing I want to share with people. And that's what I'll be sharing from stage at Tommy's event. I'm going to tell a bunch of my guys, they got to grab tickets and attend Tommy, because I love what you're doing. I believe in what you're doing. And I want them to be able to meet you or hear from you and see the other speakers who are going to be there. Well, thank you very much. And I really appreciate that, Sean. And uh, I really enjoy this podcast. This is so good for me. It's for mental clarity. This is what I do. This is my time. This is what I love. I love podcasting. This is, as much as I like to put content out and help people, this has really been a catalyst for me and my growth. So I get a lot out of this. I got a lot out of this conversation. And I can't wait to see you in November. Awesome, brother. Likewise. Thank you for having me on. Oh, last thing. How do people get a hold of you, Sean, if they want to reach out and get involved with what you're doing? 
Yeah, Instagram at Sean M. Crane, on Facebook at Sean Michael Crane. And then my website, it's Unstoppable. It's the shirt right here, Unstoppable365MFR. You want to learn about our coaching program, mindset, fitness, nutrition, see the testimonials, see the guys who are part of the community. I'd love to support you. All right, Sean. Appreciate you, brother. All right, my man. You have a great day. Hey there, thanks for tuning into the podcast today. Before I let you go, I wanna let everybody know that Elevate is out and ready to buy. I can share with you how I attracted a winning team of over 700 employees in over 20 states. The insights in this book are powerful and can be applied to any business or organization. It's a real game changer for anyone looking to build and develop a high-performing team like over here at A1 Garage Door Service. So if you wanna learn the secrets that help me transform my team from stealing the toilet paper to a group of 700 plus employees rowing in the same direction, head over to elevateandwin.com forward slash podcast and grab a copy of the book. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch up with you next time on the podcast.